Hi, you're listening to the Grace House Podcast. We are a little country church in Clinton, Arkansas, and our mission is to glorify God in love and worship, to love one another, to teach and equip disciples for Christ, to encourage the church to do something great for God, to saturate the earth with the gospel so that multitudes will be saved. Thanks for joining us, and here is our pastor, Terry Simpson. This is uh, Super Bowl Sunday, I guess, everybody, that's, but, but <laughs> there you go. But I think we got a good turnout for a Super Bowl Sunday, that's really good, I'm proud to see all y'all here, it's great. I don't have a clue, that's right, <clears throat> it really doesn't matter who wins the Super Bowl, and you can find out anything you want to find out about it tomorrow from people that stayed home and watched it, so you'll probably be around some of them and they'll tell you all about all the things that happened. So don't worry, and it'll be all over the news, and it'll be all over every, everything. So you're not really missing anything. You just may not see it live, or the first half anyway. Swift, yeah, probably. They're probably going to talk about Taylor Swift, too. I'm sure she's there. <laughs> but it's good to see you all tonight. Let's uh, have a little word of prayer real quick. Lord, be with us tonight as we... Uh, get into your word and learn of you, Lord. I ask you to just be with this this body uh, of believers that's here tonight, Lord, to to worship you and to learn about you, Lord, and just help us to uh, get from your scriptures and get from you what you wanted. The Holy Spirit wants us to get, Lord. Uh, put it in our hearts. And just let us dwell on it all through the week. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. All right. That's right. So we're going to be we're going to be in Esther eventually, okay? And if you're in my Sunday school class, sorry, but you're going to get a little bit of double dose, and that's okay. We've been kind of we've been studying the book of Esther in my Sunday school class, but where we got to today is just there's just so much there, and it's just really good. And I've been studying it, and so that's what I'm going to preach on tonight too. But have you ever have you ever thought about why you are where you are? I mean, I promise you in my life there's been lots of times that I thought exactly why what am I why am I why is this the path that I'm having to walk? Why is this the the journey I'm having to take? through my life, through this this life that God has given me, why is this the path that he's chosen for me to take? Now, there's a lot of things in that path that's because of choices I've made. Right? There's, There's obstacles and there's things in that path that I make choices that... And I make choices that, you ever, you ever read one of them books, right? I used to get these books when I was in middle school or whatever. But you'd start reading it, and you'd get to the end of the page, and it'd say, if you think this is going to happen, go to page over here. Or if you want this to happen, go to this page. And you would work your way through the book depending on the choices you made at the end of the page. Now, you're going to get, you might, there's going to be two different outcomes to the story, 
sometimes. Sometimes you're going to get to the same place no matter which path you choose. But there's a different path depending on your choices. We all have to do that. We all have to make choices in our lives about where we're, what we, our decisions on how, how do I view this? How do I, well, do I, do, am I giving in to this or am I not giving in to this? Am I going to listen to the Holy Spirit or am I going to not listen to the Holy Spirit at this point in time, right? We've got to make those choices every day. We have to choose whether to follow the direction of the Holy Spirit or to not follow the direction of the Holy Spirit every day. That choice comes up. And we all have purpose in life. Right? We all have a purpose. God has created us with a purpose. None of us are purposeless. None of us are just here to fill space. It doesn't work that way. For God is, God is big enough that for each and every one of you, he has a purpose. Just like each and every one of you has a different set of fingerprints that is not duplicated anywhere else. You each have a unique purpose that God has designed for you. And it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or a kid or an elderly person. It doesn't matter. God still has a purpose for you. Matter of fact, as you read through the Bible, you're going to see God use all different kinds of people. He didn't start using, he didn't use Moses to deliver the people of Israel until Moses was 80 years old. And he had basically lived two 40-year lifetimes already. He, was, he lived first 40 years as a prince in Egypt. And then he lived 40 years wandering the desert as a shepherd. And then he basically lived another 40 years as the deliverer of Israel. Right? God didn't even start using him until he was 80. Timothy was pretty young, right? Look at David. He used David to fight Goliath when he was basically a teenager. There's all kinds of examples. Deborah was a judge over Israel. The whole nation of Israel would come to Deborah to get what God had for them. It doesn't matter where you are in your life, if you choose to follow the Holy Spirit and listen to its guidance, God has a plan and a use for you. He has a purpose for your life. Esther, and we're there because I've been studying that in my Sunday school class, I could have used a number, I could have used a lot of different people in the Bible, right? We could have used Moses, could have used Joseph, right? Matter of fact, Joseph and Esther have kind of similar stories to a point. They're both slaves and they both through God's uh, favor and God putting them where they needed to be got to basically the second highest position in their kingdom. And they both delivered Israel. Right? Joseph delivered them from famine, brought them into Egypt and had provided God through God through Joseph provided for Israel to live in Egypt so that they wouldn't die of famine. He used Esther to save Israel from being annihilated by the 
Persians and the Medes. But we're going to talk about that a little bit. But as we get started, we're actually going to be in Esther chapter 4. We're going to start in verse uh, 9 on what we're going to read. But I'm going to kind of give you a little background story just so you know where we're at. Esther has become queen. And her uncle, or her cousin, not her uncle, her cousin that's raised her, Mordecai, he doesn't bow down to this guy named Haman, right? The king has made a law that everybody should bow down and worship Haman when he comes by to, or just to give him honor and, and bow down to him when he goes by. And Haman doesn't do, or Mordecai doesn't do it. So Haman gets mad after his friends tell him, hey, this Mordecai guy, he doesn't, he's not paying you the honor you deserve. So he comes up with this plan. But his plan is not to, do anything specifically to Mordecai, his plan is to, I'm just going to wipe out all the Jews. I'm going to kill all of Mordecai's people. And so they come up with this plan, and then they take it to the king, and the king, because the king sometimes does stupid things, makes stupid laws, he puts this thing into law that in almost a year, on a certain day, we're going to kill all the Jews. So the Jews have about a year to live, or a little less than a year. Because it's in the first month, and then in the twelfth month is when this day is coming that everybody's going to be annihilated. And they send this out to all the districts because the Persians, right? They're the rulers of the known world. It's not like these Israelites, these Jews, can go run and hide somewhere where nobody will ever find them. Everywhere in the world is under the Persian rule. And when the king makes it, we learn this in Daniel, right? When the king makes a, a law, it cannot be repealed. In the Persian Empire, in the Persians and Medes Empire, if the king made a law, it could not be repealed. It was a law no matter what. And Haman convinces the king to make this a law, that this is going to happen on this certain date. Mordecai hears about it. And he goes to the king's gate, and he, he can't go in. He's in sackcloth and ashes. He's rent his clothes. He's mourning. And all throughout the kingdom, there's wailing and mourning and fasting because people have realized they've got less than a year to live. And there's nothing they can do about it. The king's law cannot be repealed. Right? So Mordecai, he's out there in the south, outside the city, the king's gate, and he's in mourning, and he's in sackcloth and ashes, and Esther hears about it. So she sends one of her servants down there to take him some clothes. She don't know why he's down there, but she wants him to be more presentable. She's the queen now, right? So she sends him some clothes down there to the gate, and he says, you can't do that. And he says, i tell you what, I want you to, he tells her servant that she sent, I want you to go back and deliver a message to Esther, tell her what's going on. And he tells her everything that's happened between him and Haman. And that's where we get to. He asks in, in this message, he urges her to go into the king's presence to beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. It's like a Hail Mary, right? Since we're in Super Bowl time. Right? It's a, this, this law can't be repealed. It can't be taken back. It's been put into law that these people are going to be annihilated on this certain day. 
in about 10 months. But, just in case, cousin, I need you to go into the king and beg and plead for the lives of your people. That's what Mordecai asked Esther to do. We're going to start with her response. When Hattach, however you say his name, because I don't know if I'm saying that right, went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said, she instructed him to say to Mordecai, All the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, the king has but one law, that he be put to death. The only exception to this is for the king to extend the gold scepter to him and spare his life. But 30 days have passed since I was called to go to the king. Esther is the queen in as much as that means, right? She's the queen. She's the king's favorite girl. She, he's made her queen. So she does have the king's ear, but she, just like the rest of the world, can only go see the king if they're summoned. If you go, if you just, if you just attempt to go see the king and he does not extend the gold scepter to you, you are put to death. That's the only law. The only way for you to go into the king without him asking for you to come is for him to extend the gold scepter to you after you get in there. Otherwise, you're just going to your death. Right? Before we go on into the story, I want to talk about that for a minute. I want to talk about how we are so much more blessed than Esther. Right? In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, <clears throat> let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12, And through faith in him we may approach God with freedom and confidence. In this time, in this time that Esther is living in, <clears throat> the guy that rules the world, the guy that is in charge of everything, you don't get to see him unless he wants to see you. God is so much bigger than this king, so much more powerful, so much greater. And we have, if we are following Christ, if we're Christian, if we've given our life to Jesus and we are following him, we have immediate access always to the throne room. Now, we are not to go in there with prideful arrogance. That's not what we approach the throne rooms with. We, we don't go in there, hey, I'm a Christian, you got to do what I say. That's not how we approach God. Right? We approach God with humble confidence. We humbly go to him with the confidence that he is going to listen. He wants us to come. 
He wants us to come to the throne. He is waiting for us to give him our problems, our, our thoughts, so that he can take them and make intercession for us to God. Think about the difference in that throne room that Esther, if she goes in, right, she's telling her cousin, she's saying, look, if I, if I go in there, it could mean I'll die. The only, the only hope that I will live is if I go in there and the king puts out the gold scepter to me. But you got to, like we talked about this morning in Sunday school class, you got to remember the last queen before Esther, she didn't get killed, but she's no longer queen only because she didn't come when the king called her. The only thing she did was not go. He said, hey, I need you guys. They've been partying. They've been in this big festival. And the queen's been partying with her female people, and the king's got all his people up here, and he wants to, he's got, he went, hey, I'm going to show off my beautiful wife because supposedly she was real beautiful. So he calls her in there, and she doesn't go. She stays. She says, I don't feel like it. I'm not going. Right? Well, she's not queen anymore. So Esther, right? Esther's queen, but she knows all this. She knows what's happened to Queen Vashti, the one before her. And not only is she just not, she's not, it's, it's totally different. She's going, if she does this, she's going to be putting herself in a place to be killed. Not just the queen stuff taken away from her. Right? The, this the other queen, she's no longer allowed to go in the king's presence. Well, I don't know about all that. That's not what it says. But movies, they sometimes change things a little bit. Yeah. But there's a, there's a, there's a difference for us. We have someone in the throne room that is waiting on us, waiting for us to come and, and make our petitions known to him, right? And we should be ready and willing to do that. And it will help us with our purpose. So I'm going to continue on a little bit. So Esther's words, what she told her cousin, or taken back to her cousin, he sent the... He sent back this answer. So here's what he tells her. Right? She basically said, you don't go into the king unless you're ready to die because if you don't get the gold scepter, you're going to get killed. And if, if they don't summon me, I'm risking death by going. That's what she tells her cousin. And here's what he says. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. The law says that all the Jews are going to be killed on this one day. Everybody in the whole world, if you're a Jew, all these provinces have been the rule, the rule, the law has been sent out everywhere that on this certain day, they gather up all the Jews and annihilate them. That's the law. She's a Jew. Even though she's hid this from the king, right? She's hid this. It repeatedly says in the first few chapters, that she has hid the fact that she's a Jew. Right? But her cousin says, don't think 
that because you are in the king's house, that you live in the king, you're the queen, just because you're up here at number two, you're the queen, don't think that you're going to escape this law that has been passed down, right? He says, for if you remain silent at this time, even if the king doesn't kill you, he says, even if you remain silent, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. Mordecai understands something, right? That when you, you get lost in the story, you forget it for a minute, right? Oh, yeah, there's this law. The king's going to kill all the Jews. But God's made promises, right? And just like, just like this king's law that can't be repealed, right? Listen, God, that same rule, but God says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. His promises don't change. They don't change, right? His promises are the same. He promised to Abraham these things, and that his people would flourish and be a blessing to all nations on the earth. And he promised David there would always be somebody on the throne. Can't always be somebody on the throne if there is no Jews for him to be born from. These promises, this annihilation can't occur. God cannot allow this to happen because it would change his promise that he made, right? Mordecai tells Esther, if you remain silent this time, if you don't act now to try to help your people, someone else will be raised up to deliver Israel. God's not going to allow this to stand. He's going he's to provide someone to deliver his people. You can look through, if you study, when you study in the Bible, you, you get back there and judges time after time after time, God raised up a deliverer. He raised up someone to deliver his people, even though his people, the sins, they had got themselves in the trouble and God allowed them to suffer for a time. He listened to their prayers and he would send a deliverer. He would raise up somebody. He had Ehud and Gideon and Samson, and there's a whole long list of them in there. And it continued on, right? Mordecai has faith in God. He knows that God is going to take care of this. And that faith is hard to have sometimes when it seems like there's no hope, right? The king has made a law, and it can't be repealed and I'm just, a, I'm just outside the gate. I can't even go inside the king's gate unless I'm summoned. I can't even go, Esther, you know, most people can't even go see the king unless they're summoned at risk of death. But he tells her, if you remain silent at this time, then another will be raised up but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to a royal position for such a time as this. There's been a lot of people use this line right here. I've heard it a million times, right? And it's, but it's still 
right. We don't know why God has put us where he's put us. But if we continue to serve him, if we continue to follow him, he will use us to complete his purpose. If we listen to the Holy Spirit and we follow what God says we should do, the purpose over time will make itself known. And God will use us for the purpose he's designed us for. They're not going to be the same purpose. Y'all, everybody's different. We all have different things to do for God. And I'm telling you, God is big enough, right? Rick's talking about the genius this morning. I'm telling you, his mind is way big enough to have a plan for everybody. He's not missing anybody. He's not coming up with something on the fly. He already knows. He formed you in the womb, right? It's not an accident. Even if you have made poor choices, there's still an opportunity for you to turn from that, to repent, and to follow Christ. That should be your goal. If you're not doing that, that should be your goal. Right? Following Christ is the main thing. If you're not following Christ, nothing else is going to matter. You're already dead. You're not alive. That life that Jesus provides, it's not yours if he's not a part of your life. All right. If the band will come up. If y'all need prayer, you can come forward. We're going to sing a song, and you then we'll be dismissed.